Thank you, Pastor Dan. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon to all of you and even to our online uh, viewers, both in Facebook and uh, YouTube. It's a joy and uh, honor to be with you and uh, all the more with fear and trembling as Pastor Dan introduced me. And who could imagine that the Lord will bless us with this building plus a great swimming pool. <laughs> so it's really a blessing and uh, we praise God for the uh, opportunity to, to have this in-house because of so many uh, restrictions, we place our own safety uh, uh, parameters during our water baptism. Again, a good day sa ating lahat and uh, I want to remind you that our theme for this year is from the text of Zechariah. If you will know, if you will remember, Zechariah what, four verse, chapter 4 verse 6 where it says, the Lord, um, it not, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And we are in the last leg of our theme, Revive, because we have the Revive, Rebuild, and Restore to, throughout this year. And our theme, Revive, was, is actually is in our last uh, leg. And next month, most probably, we will be starting our theme, Rebuild. And through the preaching of our Pastor Ruel and Pastor Ray, we are Sundays and after Sundays, we are pounded with so many messages about Revive. So I believe most of us or all of us are already revived, well awakened, at gising na gising na. So it's ready to go and apply the word of God in our lives, especially in the theme of Revive. And I want to show you a picture. What is this picture? Anyone can guess? Indisha swimming. It's not a swimming, but it's a race. Uh, yes, correct. It's a relay race. Actually, in Olympics, sabi nila, there are four runners in a team. And each runner has to run 100 meters. That's why they called four by 100 meter. Each runner will take turn and run 100 meter. And then once finished, once reached the 100 meter, another runner is ready to receive the stick or what they call the baton and then pass it to another runner. Mostly they said that the runner, the fastest or the faster runner will be placed somewhere to the end. Maybe the third or fourth member of the team so because they have to run as fast as they can. Personally, with all my heart, I believe this picture remind me or maybe remind us that we, this is a picture of our Christian witness, our Christian race in witnessing. When the Lord gave the baton, the stick to the early disciples, they ran the race. They ran with all of their might to the fact that most of the disciples were killed in testifying the witness. Disciple after disciple were martyred because of their witnessing. And if we compare those early Christians from the apostolic church to the persecuted church, actually the persecution only stops to the Christians that day or that year or that era 
when an emperor, a Christian emperor became the leader of Roman. His name was Emperor Constantine and he declared an edict of toleration. Those who study IBI, I believe you, you know this. But all of them martyred. That's why the name martyr or witness in English, actually what like, past, like what Pastor Dan said, it was came from the original Greek word martis, meaning witness in Greek is martis, but it translated to English martyr. But during that time, if you witness, if you testify, if you stand your faith in Jesus Christ, you will be killed. That's why there is a synonymous meaning of being martyr to be killed. But actually, the word martyr is actually a witness. And, I, and it's really, really, for me, when I realize this, I am ashamed of myself. That we, probably we are in the last generations to run this race. But I forgot. I miss. I failed to run my race. And I say, Lord, forgive me. And I believe all of us have their own race to run, but sometimes we forget. But this is the time to revive us and run the race of witnessing for Christ. Witnessing is important. Actually, I had this experience with my wife last, just last Thursday. We went to our Philippine embassy in Nassim Road, and we want to get an SPA. And I asked the counter, okay, we signed our part. But how about this part? Oh, you have to sign the two witnesses to get the two witnesses to complete the form. And I'm asking, Lord, how to get the witnesses? I need the witnesses. Then suddenly, Sister Wang, Rowena Dilen, called me, hey, Brother Sam, how are you? Ah, finally, I got one witness. <laughs> <laughs> so really, witness, even the piece of form, I think SPA is also biblical. Sabi sa Bible, there should be two or three witnesses to get this uh, certified or you want to testify something, I believe SPA also is a biblical uh, form. So I believe being a witness is important. And that witness, none other, none other than you and me, that we have to witness for Christ. Actually, witnessing and reaching out for the lost is very dear to our Lord Jesus Christ. When he came, he said, the Son of Man, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. He ran his race during his earthly ministry. And before he rise, he go up, before he goes back to where he came from, he passed the baton and said, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you 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 and you my brothers and sisters Christ is assigned and given us the baton to run the race this is really a challenge for us that's why I agree with Pastor Dan and Pastor Ruel when they said this team revive is really hard it's really hard it requires sacrifice hardship and even we have to endure and sometimes we desire, Lord, we need revival. Lord, we want to see revival. But actually, revival will not come when there is no witnessing. Even in churchleader.com, may I read to you, 
Dr. Bob Bucky, he said, the preaching of the gospel was at the heart of great awakenings. Great awakenings meaning the 1800s revival. He said, there can be evangelism without revival. We can go out, we can share the gospel with, with, uh, our, with, with, with our loved ones online. We can do it. But doesn't mean there is a revival. But there is no true revival that does not result in evangelism. The reason for this is that revival results in both the reawakening of Christians who have grown cold and the awakening of dead souls, meaning the regeneration, the born-again experience. That's why if we want revival, we have to have evangelism. We need to witness to have a revival in our time. And I believe the Lord blessed this church, that through this church, many souls revived. Many souls came to Christ and received Him as Lord and Savior, and their dead souls regenerated, rise up. The light of the, dark, the light of the Lord shine upon the darkness of every heart in this church. Lord, we pray, O oh God, that this revival might happen, Lord, in our midst, O oh God. That's why it is really a challenging we desire revival, but the answer, we are part of the answer of this revival. It is hard. It requires hard work, discipline, even sacrifice of our finances, time, and even sometimes together with our loved ones. But take heart. Be encouraged. For this text, we will learn three areas that will help us to go and be a witness. That's why our text for today, taken from our MCNI, if you are following our MCNI Bible reading plan, we started this week from 2 Timothy, and our text will be coming from chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, and may I entitle this message, Let's Go and Be a Witness. So we will be reading maybe from verse 1 to understand the text and then I'm requesting all of us to stand as we read together the Word of God. Let us read. First one. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier in Christ Jesus. For no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life, so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first one to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to the imprisonment as a criminal. But the word of God is not imprisoned. For this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen so that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it, eternal glory. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, our Lord, 
Thank you, O oh God, for your word, O oh God, that give us, Lord, understanding, O oh God, and encouragement. Lord, I pray, O oh God, may your spirit, O oh God, speak to us, Lord, especially on this topic. A hard topic, Lord, to share, O oh God, because it really challenges us. But Lord, use this message, use your word, O oh God, to accomplish the purpose, O oh God, in your heart. All this, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sit down. You may ask how Paul able to get acquainted with Timothy because Paul and Timothy seem so close with one another. Actually, Paul uh, uh, somehow uh, called him as his child in faith. Well, in history, in first missionary of journey of Paul, he goes with Barnabas. In Acts 13, the Holy Spirit specifically set apart Paul and Barnabas for a special mission. They will be a witness, not only to a city, but to many cities, including Lystra, the hometown of Timothy. They went to Lystra in Acts 14 during their first trip in mission. Probably, scholars said, this is the time when Timothy heard the gospel and believed. So when first missionary finished and Paul went to another mission, the second trip, he went to the same place and Lystra and met Timothy. I don't know what his nickname, but we can call him maybe Tim. Tim, yeah, Tim. So in second missionary around 50 AD, they said, Paul came to Derby and Lystra and disciples who were named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman, we know her name, Eunice, who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. But Paul wanted this man to go with him, and he took him. So it's around 50 AD, but Paul died around 67 AD. So it means at least there, are, there were 17 years of mentorship happened between Paul and Timothy. Timothy became the protege or the apprentice of Paul, of Apostle Paul. But sadly, 2 Timothy was the last letter of Paul. Oops, sorry. Yeah. So before that, if Actually, the most trusted person of Paul was Timothy. And if there's someone who, who, doesn't, who, was, who, know, who knew Paul as a person, as a missionary, is none other than Timothy. And Timothy were uh, always sent to the, to the churches in, in Thessalonica, in Philippi, in Corinth, and even in Ephesus. If there's a need of a pastor, okay, Timothy, you go to Thessalonica, you go to Ephesus. This is how they become bonded. This is how they put their trust on each other. Like what I say, 2 Timothy was the last book that Paul ever written. Well, actually, it's a letter. But in the Bible, we call it book. But it's just a letter of four chapters. But in the last chapter of 2 Timothy, Paul said, my time of my departure has come. He knew he will be executed. That after a long suffering and hardship, this is what Paul will get at the end. He will be executed. Scholars said he was beheaded. Christian historians said Eusebius, he was beheaded. Because a Roman citizen cannot be crucified. 
So they beheaded Apostle Paul by the emperor who persecuted them, Emperor Nero. Paul understood the importance of witnessing. That's why he groomed, he discipled Timothy and make sure he passed the baton to Timothy. The baton, the message of salvation at the hand of Timothy. It's a cold cell. It's a very dark cell. But actually, it's the other way. Instead of Timothy giving encouragement to Paul, Paul gave the encouragement to Timothy to go on, to pursue, to do your calling. And actually, that calling is not only to Timothy. That calling of being a witness is also ours. The baton is on our side. It's on our generations. It's very shameful if we don't do our part comparing to them. They really work hard. And like I said, probably they will give the fastest runner towards the end. I don't know. Maybe we are in the last generation, but this is the calling for us to go and do our part and run the race with endurance. And what are those encouraging messages that we can find in the text? We will start with verse 8. In verse 8, we can see that we will get encouraged because the Christ that we preach, the Christ that we put our object of faith is none other than the preeminence Christ. Preeminence is a beautiful word. Pero ano ba tong preeminence na to? It's a beautiful word to attribute to Christ because preeminence means superiority, greatness, supreme, surpassing all others. Remember, we read from verse 1 to verse 10 that there are uh, uh, mention of Paul that do a discipline like a soldier, like uh, an athlete, like a um, farmer, because those profession requires discipline. Maybe other jobs may not require so much discipline, but those three professions require hard discipline. You cannot be an, uh, a soldier without discipline. You cannot be an athlete without discipline. And you cannot be a successful farmer without discipline. But Christ surpassed them all. And the first three words that we can see here is the plea of Paul to remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ. What an excellent and appropriate way to encourage Timothy. Timothy might be suffering hardship, probably, because of so many issues. First, there are many false teachers and false teachings to defend his faith. There are so many uh, persecution happening during Timothy time. And even challenges in the church. Remember, he's going to other churches, Thessalonica, Philippi, Ephesus, and even Corinth. And as we read the book of Corinth, there are so many issues in Corinth. The troubles not giving, not only given by the ladies, no, hindi lang mga kababaihan na problema sa Corinth, even mga kalalakihan, maraming problema. So sumasakit na malamang ang ulo ni, ni Timothy. But Paul said, in whatever situation, Remember, remember Jesus Christ, who is the preeminent supreme, who able to surpass all of them. 
Kaya nga sa Hebrew first, uh, 4.12, if you will remember this verse, it encourages us when we run the race to fix our eyes on Jesus. Whatever situation that we are going through, fix our eyes on Jesus. You will ask why? Because Jesus Christ is the author and perfecter of our faith. If there is someone who will understand better what is our faith, how level is our faith, how high is our faith, how, uh, how lacking is our faith, there's none other than Jesus Christ because he is the author, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Christ really can relate to us. Maybe I believe this term, these words of remember Jesus Christ does not apply only to Timothy, but also to us. Because we have our own suffering, we have our own uh, uh, trials in life. But the scripture said, remember, remember Jesus Christ. Because Christ also suffered hardship on the cross. Actually, Jesus Christ suffered physical and spiritual suffering and hardship on the cross. Jesus Christ also suffered abandonment and betrayals. Imagine his own disciples, his core team, when he was crucified on the cross, one betrayed him, the other left him. What you will feel if you will feel abandoned? But I believe some of us experience abandonment. And Jesus Christ also understand our situation because he cried. When Jesus Christ uh, lost his friend Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, the account says, I think in John 11, Jesus wept. He knew what is suffering. That's why we can come to Christ, remember Christ, because he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand at the throne of God. So we can see that Jesus Christ can relate for, to us. 700 years before Christ, there's one prophet who wrote a prophecy about him. In Isaiah 53, if you will look on your Bible, it's entitled as the suffering servant. Jesus Christ is our suffering servant. He gave us the challenge. He gave us the baton to go and run our race. He knew that he's suffering. There is hardship. It needs sacrifice. But he knew what he called, and he will empower us for this calling. And then there are two elements that we can see in this text. That, the, that That's why we say there is a preeminence to priority of Christ. First, we can see here, that Christ has risen from the dead. Risen from the dead, or what we call the resurrection of Christ, is the central theme of our salvation. Because the risen Savior, it means there is forgiveness of sin. It means whatever sacrifice Jesus has done on the cross, it gives us security that the wrath of God to those who are sinners can be cleansed, can be forgiven because of what Christ has offered on the cross. He gave his life, he shed his blood to cleanse us, for us to have forgiveness. 
And that forgiveness validate when Jesus Christ on the third day resurrected. That's why in resurrection, we cling on our faith. If there's, no, if there's no resurrection, there is no faith, there is no salvation. But praise God, Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. And this forgiveness actually is what we are sharing. That what we are running the race is because we want to be a witness. We want to say to our friends, to our loved ones, to our colleagues, that there is forgiveness of sin. This is the most difficult part to remove. The guilt when we commit sin and how to forgive sin. Actually, only in Christianity, we have a living founder. Many, many, many religions have their founder remain there. But Jesus Christ is alive and is reigning on the throne. That's why in the recent Savior, there is forgiveness of sin. And also there is, it says in Luke 24, Jesus said to them, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again, you know, the suffering servant, from the dead on the third day, and the repentance of forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed. That is what we proclaim. We are not proclaiming the gospel that's saying, oh, if you receive Christ, you will have a promotion. Or if you receive Christ, you will have your own condo. Or if you receive Christ, you will have, uh, will double your money. No. That's what we heard about prosperity gospel. But what we are proclaiming, what we are witnessing is that Jesus Christ is the forgiver of our sins. That through his sacrifice, there is a forgiveness of sin. If I may use an analogy of this COVID vaccine, that only if you have a COVID vaccine, of course, the efficiency is not 100%, maybe the most 95%. Those made in uh, U.S. But actually, the vaccine of this sin virus is none other than the blood that Christ offered. And it's not only 50%, not only 90%, not only 98% efficiency, but it is the only efficient remedy for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus Christ preeminent because not only because he has, a ris he has risen, also because of the indwelling power available to us. When Christ resurrected, the spirit that brings him from the grave to resurrect is the same spirit living in us. Romans 8.11 said, The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies. Brothers and sisters, the spirit that resurrected Christ is the same spirit resting in you. That's why we can do witnessing. We can do persevere. We can endure, not on our own strength, but because of the spirit. Remember Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you and you will become witnesses. We cannot do our own witnessing on our own strength. Mahirap. Mabibilad ka sa araw. Magugutong ka. You have to uh, take some money to use it for witnessing. It's really a hard work in witnessing, in evangelism. Actually, I'm inspired by Brother Rex who used to attend Saturday night service. Brother Rex, on his own, 
money on his own budget. He purchased many materials and he started what they called what he called folding ministry because he's carrying a folding foldable small chair. So when he come and approach a group of our person to share the gospel, he will just open the folding chair and then sit down and and share the gospel. He is on his own uh, investing money, but I'm sure those labor he did will not be in vain. And I pray that me, you, will be of the same mind. We are struggling, but it is really, really possible, all because of the power of the Holy Spirit that is available in every Christian. Risen Savior, because the preeminence Christ, another is the preeminence Christ is because he is a descendant of David. Well, I'm wondering how come the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write not only that Jesus Christ risen from the dead, but he also wrote descendant of David. What's the connection of being the descendant of David? Well, actually, thousand years ago, before Christ came to do his public ministry on earth, there is a prophecy in Old Testament that the Messiah or the Savior of, the, of Israel, even the Savior of the world, will be from the line of David. And then, true enough, 1,000 years after Jesus came, he was born by Mary. Mary, if you see the genealogy, Mary was the biological mother of Jesus Christ. I think from Luke chapter, the book of Luke, you will see the genealogy of Mary. And Joseph was the legal father of Jesus, was also from the genealogy, from the line of David in the book of Matthew. So we can see that the son of David is a messianic title, and they are waiting for this son of David to appear. But he appeared, actually. Many, many, many people didn't see that Jesus is the son of David, that he is the Messiah. But actually, there is someone who saw that Jesus is a reigning king, and that someone, very ironic, is that's why I believe really that, that, the, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is really by faith. Because those who can see didn't see that Jesus Christ is the son of David, but there's one person who saw Jesus Christ as the son of David. But he was blind. It's very ironic. Who, who's who able to see cannot see that Jesus Christ is the son of David. But the blind person, beggar, his name Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus was sitting by the road. When Jesus passed by, he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene. And he began to cry out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But he didn't remain quiet. He all the more shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He knew that in Jesus there is forgiveness of sins. He knew that in Jesus there is salvation. That's why he called him son of David. He is our reigning king. That's why if you are here and you do not have the relationship with Jesus, 
you do not receive yet Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible promised, but as many as receive him in John 1.12, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even those who believe in his name. To be a child of God is the highest, highest privilege, the highest uh, attainment that we can get. It means we are co-heir with our Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no salvation other than with Jesus Christ. So we have on our side an encouragement because we have the preeminent Christ. We have the powerful, supreme, superior Christ on our side. And not only that, be encouraged in witnessing. It is hard. We have to really seek the Lord. But again, there's another promise. In verse 9, it says, For which I, Paul, suffer hardship, even to imprisonment as a criminal, but the word of God is not in prison. We have the second area of promise, is that, and that is the promise that there is power in the word of God. Here we can see that there are two different situations. Paul was in prison, but the word of God is not in prison. Paul was in prison as a criminal. Actually, Paul did not do any crime. He did not uh, cheat. He did not um, uh, rob anyone. He even did not do a prank call to grab and saying, grab, deliver this to my enemy and then let me charge, it's happening now. No, Paul didn't do any criminal uh, violations, but he was treated as a criminal. But if you will remember the history of Paul, Paul known to be formerly Saul or Saul as the persecutor. If there is number one persecutor during his time to, from the Pharisee side to the Christians, there's none best agent that they can send or that, that they have sent, none other than Saul, the persecutor. He persecuted Christians even in the Bible says he dragged them, he dragged them to jail. I don't know how he dragged them, maybe by the hair or by the clothes, or he's by the, he's really, and even asked for permission to go to another cities just to persecute and put Christians to jail because of his zealousness. But when Apostle Paul or when Saul of Tarsus encountered the word of God, the word of Christ, the presence of Christ, Something happened. Saul, known to be persecutor, now known to be to the churches as Paul the persecuted. He is willing to be persecuted, to put in prison like a criminal, like his Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ did not do anything, yet he suffered as a criminal on the cross. Remember, he was crucified in between criminals. But the purpose of this, I believe, is because there's one thief one of the purposes, one thing there, waiting to be saved. He suffered and he's willing to be put in jail because of the, his witnessing. That's why we can say we can have an assurance and encouragement on the word of God because the word of God changes and equips us. Paul did not suddenly, did not only change, but also the word of God as he meditated in change him and equip him. 
Actually, there is a promise in 2 Timothy also in chapter 3, verse 16. I believe you remember it, that all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequately equipped. We need the Word of God to be equipped in our Christian witness because the Word of God changes and equips us in our daily lives. Not only that, we can see here, even though Paul was in prison, bound in chain, you know the, the prison last time, you have to be really bound with shackles. But he said here that the Word of God is not bound or not in prison. It means that the word of God, we can have assurance because it is unstoppable. It is unhindered. It cannot be stopped. We can share the gospel. Do not worry about the result. Share the gospel with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Share the gospel. Share the message. Share the Bible. Share the word of God, even through online. Sometimes it doesn't immediately get or bear fruits. But just be patient like a farmer. You know, the farmer, they keep on toiling. But the fruits will not come overnight. They have to wait months before the harvest. We follow that attitude, that discipline. And we trust that the word of God said in Hebrew 4.12 is living and active. How powerful because it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I don't know if you happen to see a two-double-edged uh, sword, but I believe this double-edged sword, in whatever angle you, you hit, it will cut. But the Word of God is sharper than the two-edged sword and able, to, and able to pierce as far as the division of soul and spirit, both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's why when a preacher speaks here, we don't blame him because it is the word that is preaching that cuts our attitudes. Sometimes we say, oh, this pastor always, he speaks badly to me. But actually, it is the word of God that cuts, that captivates all the thoughts and even bad intentions of our heart. This is what you have on your hand. This is the baton that you are carrying, sharper than two-edged sword. That's why share it. Release it. Don't worry about the result. Don't worry about what will happen. But just release the word. Share the word. There's a preacher named Spurgeon who made an analogy about the word and gospel into a lion. You know, lion, the king of the jungle. He said that you cannot defend the lion by putting the lion inside the cage. If you want to defend the lion, let the lion out. Let the word of God out and do its devouring. This is what he said, a powerful message about the word of God. Even in Isaiah, 700 years ago, he said, the Lord said, so my words be which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, void, without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in a matter for which I sent it. 
the world will do its work. Just trust on it, rely on it. That's why if I may share to you the, some tips in application of, our, of the Word of God in our daily lives. Just read it. And when you read it, try to remember it. Do remember it. And then reflect on it. Meditate on it. Lord, what do you want me to do about your word, about this calling, about your promises? And then as we apply it, rely on it. Trust on it. Have confidence on the word of God because the word of God is living and active. It's not that it will do its work. And if I may share the youth uh, uh, motto or theme for this year, it's also applicable to this. We can love and share and subscribe on the Word of God. Thank you, youth, for your theme. It's very applicable. Very, uh, in, in our own northern generations, no, we have to love the Word, share the Word, and subscribe on it, follow on it. No, especially our M. Chini Bible reading. Follow our M. Chini Bible reading. We will bear our benefits and fruits on it. So the scripture encourages us to witness because first, the preeminent Christ, the superior, the uh, supreme uh, Savior is on our side. Another area that encourages us to go and uh, out and witnessing is because we have on our hand the powerful word of God. And the third one, we can go and encourage to share and be a witness to many is because of the promise in salvation. There is a promise in salvation. In verse 10, it says, For this reason, Paul, or I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they may also obtain what? The salvation which is in Christ Jesus and with it, is it temporal glory? It is, is it a long time, a long term past glory? No, it is eternal. It is forever glory. Kaya nga sa Panginoong Jesus, merong forever. There is really a forever in Jesus Christ. Matawa si Ems. And then I will just like to add and a footnote on the word salvation. There is a definite article, the. If you will see, the salvation. It's highlighting and emphasizing that the salvation, that the gospel of Paul, that the gospel of the Bible, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is preaching is the only valid, legitimate, true, and sure salvation. There's no other salvation aside from faith in Christ. In Acts 4.12, it says, for there is salvation in no one else, for there is no salvation in other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. If you want to be sure of your saving faith, put it in Christ. There is no other name given for our own salvation. There is no other vaccine if you can put it in analogy that will clear us from our sin virus, that will set us free from our sin virus rather than the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And two things we can see here. First, sabi ni Paul, I endure all things. The promise in salvation is there is an endurance of the believers. Some theologians said it is the perseverance, preservations of the saints. 
makita natin dyan. And why the why it's a, it's a perseverance uh, saints or perseverance salvation is because of the word chosen also. In the plan of redemption, it is really if we can understand, if we can grasp the importance of our role. Imagine the, the plan of redemption, you and I, Christians are included because we are the human agent where the gospel will be preached. We are the carrier of the message of forgiveness of sins. We are the carrier of this reconciliation. We are even the ambassadors of Christ. What a privilege and even responsibility given to us. It is really a humbling experience to, to know that you and I are part of the redemption plan. Because we are not chosen for nothing. We are not chosen for, for an empty purpose because we are chosen for a purpose. Imagine, for example, Sister Samantha Sam, we are chosen her as a representative of our church. We did, we did not choose Samantha just for nothing, but we chose her specifically for a purpose, to represent our church. It's the same way with our the Lord choosing us because in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, but you, none other than, don't look to your neighbor, it's you and you and me. He said that you are a chosen race. In other translation, chosen generations. Remember, maybe we are the last generations to, to, to run the baton, but we are chosen. A royal priesthood and even a holy nation, a set-apart race, a people for God's own possession. Why we are chosen is because so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's the purpose. That's why we had to do witnessing. We cannot pass the witnessing to the animals. We cannot pass the witnessing to angels. If we knew any angels, because maybe Siguro is a brother angel, we cannot pass the baton to brother angel. We have the baton on our hand, and we have to run the race together. This is our calling. That's why we are chosen as a believer. Of course, we will not be endured without the help of the Holy Spirit. Again, it's emphasized in Ephesians 1.13. In Christ, you also, after listening the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it on our own. It's really a hard work, but we can do it in the power of the Spirit. That's why Zechariah said 4.6, it's not by might, not by power, but by what? But by the Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I have a short testimony. I really appreciate this, this uh, blessing to the Christians that the Christian will persevere and will endure. It's because I have a friend who keep on inviting me, keep sharing me the word of God, but we keep on ridiculing him. No, insulto namin siya, born again, born again, ayoko niyan. And I have all the reasons in the world to say no and do and not attend the Bible study. It's because in Middle East, it's not allowed to have this kind of gathering. But I make a deal with the Lord. Lord, 
Okay, if he will invite me, I will go. True enough, the Lord heard my prayer. That's why sometimes you know, it's difficult to ask something to the Lord because he will do it. So the Lord really allowed me to receive the call. Okay, I will, I will come and do the Bible study. And true enough, I can tell you that the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword because it pierced my heart. It opened my spiritual eyes. And I see the Bible, read the Bible, and understand the Bible, and I see how sinful I am. How far away I am. I thought I'm a good guy. I thought I can go to heaven just you know, by doing good works. But actually, the Bible exposed me that I cannot be saved with my good works. And that night, I came home like a Samaritan woman. You know, the Samaritan woman, I tell to my housemate my experience of how joyful I am, how I appreciate the Bible, how I understand the Bible. And he became curious and happy also. So he told me, okay, next time you go, I go with you. And he came, and that day also he received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Really, the power of the word and the endurance of the believers is really amazing. That's why I believe you and I here in this place, for without our friend or without someone who keep on bugging us, keep on troubling us, sharing the gospel, I think we will not be here as Christians. So if you have a spouse, if you have a friend, if you have a family, loved ones, even colleague, keep on persevering, endure hardship, invest, sacrifice in sharing, and be a witness to all of them because one day you will have your own fruit that you will see how the power of the word, how the preeminence of Christ and the endurance of the believer will do. Another one that motivates Christian is not only the endurance but because of this glorious reward. Like I said, this reward is not a temporal, it's not a long term, it's not a contract, but it is a glorious reward with an eternal glory. How beautiful is the reward. Even Moses, you know, the famous and, and the revered Moses, the prophet in Exodus 33, he, just one, he has just one request. Sabi niya, Lord, can I see your glory? Of course, you cannot see the glory of the Lord and live. That's why the Lord gave him a glimpse. Pinakita lang yung konti. He tucked on the cleft of the rock and the behind part of his glory was shown into Moses. You know the effect? The Moses' face becomes shine. But the thing is, the promise in salvation, we will see the full glory of our Lord. And that's not temporal, but it is eternal. It is forever in Romans 8.18, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed. Whatever situations we have, remember Christ to our witnessing. It is really a sacrifice. Mabibilad ka sa araw, mapapahiya ka, because sometimes when you share the word of God, they might reject it. They might reject it. Mapapahiya ka. And if you share the word, you have to really exercise your patience 
and some of our uh, brothers and sisters here going to Orchard really experience it, that they will be rejected, that they will be insulted, but they pursue. They go on. And, and some of our brothers and sisters are here because of them, because of them reaching out. They don't stay inside this church, but they go outside the church and share the gospel. That is our calling. That is our call to persevere in hardship. Paul may be beheaded, but now is enjoying his reward. How about Timothy? What do you think? Did Timothy persevere? Did Timothy endure the hardship in witnessing? Did Timothy run the race carrying the baton and pass to the other? Tradition said Timothy in the Fox Book of Martyrs in 1563. Fox Books of Martyrs are collection of those uh, his, history and from the this early disciples to the early Christians, it says in Book of Martyrs, Fox Book of Martyrs, Timothy was celebrated. He became a bishop of Ephesus. It's a big, big task to handle. But he died in 97 AD, maybe probably 70 years old or 75 years old. But the thing is how he died. Did he die naturally? Did he die by COVID? COVID Did he die due to health? But actually, Timothy stand firm in his faith and preached the gospel to other people to the point that as he preached, they will, they get uh, angry and they mob him with clubs and beat him dreadfully in the manner and he expired. He died after two days after he was beaten. He's badly beaten, but he endured till the end. And of course, now he's enjoying the reward, the glorious presence of our Lord Jesus Christ after his suffering. We suffer. It is really a suffering to be a witness. But rest assured that the, that the suffering of this present time is not worthy, totally not worthy. Napakaliit lang suffering compared to the glorious reward that we will receive after. As a conclusion, there is an urgency to be a witness. Like what I, I used as an analogy with uh, Sister Wang, SPA cannot be completed without a witness. We need a witness. The same way in our Christian race, in our uh, prayer and desiring to have a revival, it can never happen without witnessing, without our mission, without evangelism, without preaching the message. But take heart, we have in our hands, in our side, the preeminent superior of Christ. We have the power of God in our hand, and we have the promise in salvation to our benefits. So may I share this. God has revived and empowered us with his spirit and his word to go, persevere, endure hardship, sacrifice, and to be a witness of Christ. God has revived us, empowered us with his spirit and his word side by side to go and be a witness to others. And just in closing, I want to share this interesting story. Ate Glo, when uh, 
2018, way back 2018, Ate Pastor Jerry gave me a birthday presents on the month of October. And this book is like a daily bread, a daily reading, and each date, there's a new story about Christian witnesses from the time of Christ to the new modern, like John Calvin, John Wesley, Spurgeon, Corrie ten Boom, Billy Graham. So from the early disciples to the modern generations. And in the month of October, there is one entry. His name was Jonathan Goffert. Jonathan Goffert, actually his motto captivated me because his motto is same, our theme. No? Zechariah 4.6, night by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Yun din ang motto niya in life. But one day, he read a life story, an autobiography or memoir of this Scottish pastor and a soul winner that he decided to study the word in seminary and want to become a missionary. And after studying the word, he got married, bring his wife, go to China, and became a missionary. And they were used as the instrument to have a revival in China. He lived until 77 years old, but his hardship in missionary life cost him dearly, for five of his 11 children died in China. He suffered, but many souls, hundreds, thousands of souls came to Christ because God used this Jonathan Gofford, who stood and ran his race as a witness because of his, uh, all of this because of the Scottish pastor na nabasa niya in reading. But if you will ask, who is this Scottish pastor and a soul winner? This is the guy. Who can recognize him? No, mahirap, no? We don't know him because he lived in 1800s. But this Scottish pastor did not live as like long as Jonathan Gofford. Jonathan Gofford lived for 77 years, but this pastor only lived 29 years, very short-lived. But actually, his seven and a half years in ministry gave and stamped an indelible impress on Scotland, for he became one of the revivalism in Scotland. And he even has the desire to reach out for the Jews. He has many poems. He created many poems, books, and even made a Bible reading plan. And his name was Robert Murray Ancini. And that Bible reading plan was created 170 years ago and even today, we are using it. So we, even ourselves, we are blessed by his Bible reading plan created. Imagine 170 years. How inspiring is this guy who praying that we too can imitate him. And you know what's wonderful about his prayer every morning? He said, every morning, I think I can say, I have never risen a morning without thinking of how I could bring more souls to Christ. What a wonderful prayer. When I read this, I asked the Lord, Lord, may my heart be like his heart, that every day morning I will include this prayer, that I can be a useful witness every day in my life. And May I leave you this quote from him? He said, The Christian is a person who makes it easy for others to believe in God. The Christian is a person, that Christian is you and me, is a person who makes it easy for others to believe in God. 
I hope that we can live our life every day, run our race, so that people who see us may believe that what we are preaching, the forgiveness of sins in Christ, their salvation in Jesus Christ, is really believable. Because only on our hands, the human agent that Christ chosen will be easy and will be used to share the gospel. So I hope, my brother and sister, this call to endure and preach and share the gospel, be a witness to anyone, will be a challenge for us. So let's go and be a witness for Christ. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, O God, for this wonderful time that we have Thank you, Lord, for this challenging and even urgency, Lord, to, to go and be a witness to many. Lord, help us, O oh God. May the encouragement that we have heard, Lord, that Jesus Christ, the powerful, the preeminent one, is on our side, that the power of God, the power of the Word of God is on our hands, and that there is a promise and salvation waiting for us in due time. Lord, bless your name. Empower us with your Holy Spirit, for without your Spirit, we can do nothing. For without your Spirit, it is impossible to, to do things, but all things are possible because of your power given to us in the, in the Holy Spirit. Lord, we trust in you, O God, and we rely, O God, in your word. Bless your people, I pray, Lord. May we be a witness in every day of our lives. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Sam, for a wonderful message of reminding us to be God's witnesses. Um, it's a reminder that the preeminence of Christ, the power of His Word, and the promise of salvation. Let's all stand. And uh, let's just respond of, by dedicating our hearts to the Lord. You know, our team revival is not just for us, but it's also an overflowing of God's work in our lives so that God can use us to share the gospel to those who are lost. Kaya sabi mo sa mo, let's go. It's a call. There's so many people who have not known Christ. It's a call for us to share who Christ is to be the salt and light in this world. Hallelujah. Let's just dedicate our hearts to Him and sing this song, Lord, I offer my life. Lord, I offer my life to You. Everything I've been through. Yes, Lord. Use it for Your glory. For you, Lord God, lifting my praise to you as a pleasing as a pleasing sacrifice. Lord, I offer you. Lord, I offer you my life. Things in the past. Things in the past. Things yet unseen. Things yet unseen. Wishes and dreams, wishes and dreams that are yet to come true. All of my hopes, 
what you have called us to be. To be a people who would share your love to the lost world. I pray that you convict all of us here. The people that we are in contact with may be our employers, our friends, our families. Lord, enlarge our hearts that we may have your heart, that we may have your heart, Lord, so that we will share your love to the lost, O oh God, and not be quiet. Empower us with your spirit, like how you have turned Peter. He preached with boldness. At the same time, Lord, I pray that you empower us with your spirit, that we may preach and share your love, your truth, with boldness to our friends and family, give us perseverance like what we have heard today. Perseverance to pray, perseverance to share. Revive us, God, from inside, Lord. Salamat, Panginoon, for this word, this challenge, this reminder for us to be used for your glory. Salamat, Panginoon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revive us, Lord. Let's just raise our hand and just receive the benediction. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. 
from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, you may grant to you be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. We thank you, Lord, that we know that you will revive us each day. And as we face this brand new week, we know, Lord, that you are always with us. And your word will speak to each one of us daily. Salamat, Panginoon. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen, Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining us. And even those who are joining us in Facebook and YouTube, thank you for joining us. We hope that you can join us once again next week. God bless everyone. May you all, you all may be seated.